art can be the the shaft of light and the tool shed and it's good and it's beautiful and and it's so important though to beckon people like hey if you think that's something look at what it's pointing to you know look at the source of this art and that's the thing that we're always trying I, i'm always hoping to wake people up to is that like there's this this movie is great or this you know the song that you love or this artist that you love but like where did it come from and stand in the beam and look along it and and there's this entire canopy of trees in this wor- beautiful world Welcome to another episode of the Grace Lace Podcast. We're so glad you're here. I'm Eve Stipes, and together with my co-host, Ruth Jo Simons, we're working through a special season of the podcast that involves a variety of guests. Today, we're chatting with Andrew Peterson about what it means to be a pilgrim and how music and art can create wonder that points us to Christ. Andrew Peterson is a singer, songwriter, author, filmmaker, and founder of The Rabbit Room. He has released more than 10 records over the past 20 years, earning him a reputation for songs that connect with his listeners in ways equally powerful, poetic, and intimate. As an author, Andrew's books include the four volumes of the award-winning Wing Feather Saga and the first season of the animated series through Angel Studios in 2022. In 2008, Andrew founded The Rabbit Room, a nonprofit organization based in Nashville, Tennessee, that fosters Christ-centered community and spiritual formation through music, story, and art. He lives in Nashville with his wife and about 80,000 honeybees. We can't wait for you to hear today's episode. Let's get started. Well, friends, I am so excited to welcome my guest today, Andrew Peterson, to the podcast. Andrew, it's so good to have you here. Thank you so much. It's so good to be with you. Well, I've been looking forward to this day. Eve and I are big fans, but I got to tell you, my um, the people who are nerding out at this moment, thinking and knowing that I'm on a podcast recording with you, is the Simons Boys. I have six sons; they are ages ten to twenty-one, and all of them have read your books. All of them um, are impacted by your music, especially, mm-hmm. of course, "Is He Worthy," which we have all um, yes. deeply. Um, given thanks to the Lord for you about. Um, it's really impacted our worship. I want you to know that as um, as folks who care deeply, as re- evidenced by my new book, Pilgrim, who love thoughtful lyrics, um, mm-hmm. you have contributed deeply to the Simons household, um, singing and praising and worshiping. And Eve, I'm sure I'm speaking for you as well there. Yeah, for sure. Since my college days. So oh, I... Um, thank you. Well, Andrew, I could go on and on, but I will say like, you know, um, I, I think I messaged you when, um, I was working on the faithful project and got to go to North Manor to record. And there was a fireplace. I literally sent a photo to my boys and said, Hey boys, this fireplace has tile from Tolkien's fireplace in Oxford. I think I got that right. Right. And I just remember I literally was like, Y'all, I think Andrew Peterson just needs to adopt you. Like these are, this is like (laughs) where you belong. You belong in this library. I mean, everything Uh. he reads is what you guys care about and love. And so Andrew, thank you for joining us and just know that, um, the Simons household is very, very much grateful for you. So, well, thank you. I I really appreciate that. Yeah. The Tolkien thing, the fireplace thing is crazy. I like the, the, uh, it's at Northwind Manor, this, this house that the rabbit room kind of, um, the gathering point for the rabbit rooms ministry. And when we were 
trying to build out this house and make it as as beautiful as we could this fireplace came up for sale and we were like oh my goodness <laughs> like is that Wouldn't even it be real? cool to have tolkien's fireplace in our in our house Unreal. And so we i emailed the guy that was selling it and i was like hey we can't afford the fireplace <laughs> for what you're selling it for but we're it's a non-profit we're building this house yeah. for community that was inspired by lewis and tolkien and their friendship and is there any chance you would come down on the price and he emailed me right back and said oh my goodness I love the rabbit room. Like we, oh, our family's I, been fans of it and my kids know, know your know books story. And so it was this crazy awesome. thing. So he, he very kindly, like he didn't, you know, give it to us, but he reduced the price <laughs> and took it off the market and gave us time to find oh, some wow. donors to help us get it. And, Amazing. and uh, it's so fun when there's a rabbit room event, you see people like, just kind of like reverently walk up to it and just like, they want to touch it. <laughs> yeah. I touched Tolkien's fireplace. Like, here uh, it is. So it's it's kind of hilarious. Uh, but it, it is a symbol to us of yes. like this, you know, the story that um, brought Lewis and Tolkien together um, and was really the, the, in my opinion, the deepest source of their friendship was not Narnia or Lord of the Rings. It was scripture, you know, mm. it was. Okay. Can you just press their, into that a little bit? I mean, I, yeah, I, because right I don't think all our audience would know what you're talking about. So tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that. Tolkien and Lewis were both devout Christians, you know, mm-hmm. and they're the, like Tolkien was instrumental in Lewis's conversion, you know, helped him. Mm-hmm. There's this great Process. story about the, Lewis, you know, they were on a walk talking about theology and mythology late at night and just outside of his college in Oxford. And Tolkien kind of helped him see that Jesus was, um, the way he put it, was a true myth. It was like, hmm. tell, helps Lewis say, you know, you love mythology. You love the story mm-hmm. of the dying and resurrecting right. God. Yeah. Um, and he's like, that's, that's, and, and Lewis said, well, that's just like, you know, Jesus is just another one of those stories. And Tolkien said, with one exception, uh, mm. it actually happened. And yeah. so Jesus as the true myth, like this, mm. like the summation of all of these stories uh, was the kind of the light bulb that went on for Lewis and it made him realize, I think, I think he's real. And yeah. also I think he's coming for me. <laughs> like oh, man. He, he described it as like giving up and allowing, you know, God's pursuit to finally catch up and, and take him. And so it's, it's a pretty beautiful story, but you know, you, that's, that's, you know, the Tolkien's story is dripping with um, truth, you know, yeah. and the same thing is yeah. true of Narnia in completely different ways. Right. Uh, but you know, there's this, I, I think the rabbit room, this ministry was, partly inspired not just by the idea that you know art um is one of the ways that god makes his truth known lyrics yes. you know hymns paintings, which is why you are plays, like films. a dream <laughs> guest this season because when i'm putting together art and music and worship and our journeys um andrew we we're gonna now be real life friends but up until this moment i thought (laughs) he is a dream guest for me because i know how much you care about that and for our listeners who may have missed the connection here but you are so multi-talented you have so many facets to um, your ministry and your career and your work um, not the least of which is wing feather saga and can you share a little bit about how all that has come to be because it's grown, it's developed, it's a show, it's all the things. <laughs> it is crazy. So I, it's funny when I meet people uh, who are a part of the Wing Feather Saga animated show, this, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the, the TV show, they don't realize, well, first of all, they're like, oh, are you one of the executive producers, which sounds so, <laughs> you know, 
fancy hoity-toity or whatever uh, and i'm like oh well i'm the, i'm the guy that wrote the books and they're always like oh you're an author and i was like well yes <laughs> but i'm kind of a singer songwriter and they're like wait what mm-hmm. you write music what kind of music so it's just very confusing i don't really know how to think of myself even because <laughs> i i think i still mostly think of myself as a singer songwriter and and i i, that. I still tour and you know yeah. this is the the ministry that i you know i feel very um at home and uh kind of in the in the I'm always in the palm of God's hand because of mm-hmm. Jesus. But like I, I feel at home uh, on the stage. Like when I'm, yeah. if it's a good show, if it's a, if it's a bad <laughs> show, I don't feel so at home. But but if right. it's like a real where all the pistons are firing and the audience mm-hmm. is amazing, and I, I just love getting to sing uh, these stories. And in some ways, it's like uh, you know how the psalmist says you know, um, talks about making known the deeds of the Lord among yeah. the nations. You know, uh, yeah. I was just in the UK th- this summer and did some solo acoustic shows cause the band wasn't with me. And oh, that would be which is, joy. which is kind of like going back in time, uh, 20 years in my music career, you know, where it's <laughs> yeah, like, I would love to back at the that. beginning. Yes. Yeah. Staying in a host home, you know, there's no sound guy. You're just kind of at the church sound guys helping and it, really? it, oh it distills mm. all of everything down to a guy and a guitar on a stage again. And like that feeling of literally, literally doing, making known God's Mm, deeds and who he is among the nations, you know, far, far from home is just an amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I I love to do that. So then I have to go, oh, that's right. There's this TV show Uh, or, (laughs) or there's these books. So, so you asked about how I, that all happened. It was the, you know, I moved to Nashville to do music and I think my second or third record had come out, and I that that at that point my kids were we read a lot to our kids when they were yeah. uh, younger, especially. And uh, I read the Narnia books to them, and I loved them when I was a kid. And I couldn't wait till they were old enough to read Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, and it just reawakened the longing that I've had since I was a kid to try to write a big story. And mm. so, um, so that began. Uh, 10 year journey of writing the wing feather saga. So it was kind of like, you know, oh a book goodness. would come out one year and the next year an album would come out and the next year a book would come out and another <laughs> album would come out. And, and, you know, I was working on the books on the tour bus, uh, oh before sound check. And really? it was a very intensely busy season yeah. uh, that it was wonderful. Like it was just so fun to like scratch both itches at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. music and storytelling and, um, and to my great shock, the books, like by the time I finished book four and the series was complete, um, Penguin Random House decided to give them another shot and rebrand them and put them in whatever kind of, and, and not as like Christian books, but right. as just standalone, stories. just as really like uh, stories. fantasy yes. novels. Yeah. Yes, so, which yes. is a huge honor. It's just like a, yes. a thrill to me every time I go to Barnes and Noble and see them yeah. on the shelf next to Harry Potter and, you know, the <laughs> Philip Pullman books and Captain Underpants or whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's an amazing, and I know all those because they're all their last names are P's and R's. So when I yeah, go so you're right there, books, <laughs> I see all those. And so, uh, so yeah. Hilarious. And then that led to angel studios, uh, kind of g- getting on board to, to make this TV show, which has just been a huge thrill. How incredible. And I'm so, I'm just so grateful for all the ways in which, your ministry and your talents have reached out in all sorts of ways yeah. because even every moment holy is part of 
the the the, the rabbit room, yeah, yeah. Room. yes, yeah. and um, I got to contribute to volume three, and oh, good, um, yes, so and so I'm very very grateful for that. But I wanted because you are a C.S. Lewis fan, I'm going to read <laughs> you a quote that I'm sure you're familiar with. But this is how I think of you, and I want you to know that um, it's a great honor for us to be talking about um, my book Pilgrim and the messaging and what we what we think about God's word and attributes of God and hymns. But I want you to hear this quote. What he said was, for they, and he's talking about art and music, are not the thing itself. Mm -hmm. They are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of your work as very much that. And I want you to know that it is um, incredibly... Um, look, I mean, I can't read that quote without getting a little teary. So I know for our podcast listeners, you're not watching me, but, um, (laughs) I'm, I'm teary about it because the other well-known thing that C.S. Lewis says, and I'm going to butcher it right now because I'm not reading it, is that if you find in yourself a desire for something that this world, that you can't find in this world, that the only possible explanation is that you are meant for another world. That yeah. if this world cannot satisfy, and I know Andrew that you know what I'm talking about because you and I, um, you know, you're a hero, an art, an art, an art hero in this home. But um, you set out to create work that um, is a scent of a flower that's not yet found mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. weary world, that is an echo of a tune from a far, far off land, and so. When I think about um, this conversation we're having today, I know that you're of like heart and I didn't even explain it all to you. But when I share that I wrote a book called Pilgrim, I just want to know how that resonates with you because I know you think Hmm. about these things and I know you care about these things and um, journey. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what Pilgrim means to you. What I love about those C.S. Lewis quotes that you just mentioned, I love both of those, um, mm-hmm. is that he had this ability to kind of like pull your imagination into the distance, into yeah, the future and kind exactly. of play. And, and when that happens, it, 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 uh, places, it, it helps you understand where you are in a better yeah. way. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, it's like, absolutely. Th- this is not the end of the story. I'm, I'm on a journey right now. And, and, and so he got kind of that casting the vision toward the new creation is, was, is so important. Um, and I didn't grow up thinking a whole lot about the new creation or, um, you know, I grew up in the church and my dad was a pastor, but end times stuff was always very hazy. <laughs> we just didn't, yeah. didn't dig in terribly. It was just like, ah, everything that's happening, uh, you know, we, we can't know. And, um, but actually scripture, scripture's full of these beautiful mm-hmm. pictures of what's coming to us. And this idea of kind of like Lewis talked about, you know, at the end of the the, the uh, Narnia books, this new Narnia, you know, yeah. that the kids are going to experience. And like we yes. get to experience a new creation and new yes. earth in new bodies. That is a thrilling idea. And so what I hope, you know, the, the art that moves me the most is the art that wakes me up to that reality. You know, exactly. that this world is beautiful yes. and imbued with God's truth and his story, but it's also... Uh, a shadow of what's to come, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I would, there's a, two things I would say, uh, there's a great C.S. Lewis essay and I can't remember the name of the essay, but it's a, uh, Oh, meditation in a tool shed or something like that, Ooh, which you should check like out. And yeah. It, link it. Yeah, yeah. 
it's very, it's pretty philosophical and, and it's, it, uh, but what I took from this essay, he talked, the, the metaphor he uses is that, you know, if you imagine standing in a tool shed, uh, in the middle of the day, it's all shadowy in there, but if there's some holes in the roof, a beam of light comes through shaft of light and it's all, oh, yeah. you know, full yeah. of the motes of dust, you know, <laughs> and he talks about, um, how you can enjoy the light you can walk around that beam of light and, and it's beautiful as it is, but something else entirely happens when you stand in the light and you look along the beam and all of a sudden you see through the hole to the leaves outside of the building and the sunlight and yeah. this world that's of out there. Of course he said and, that. I mean, how does he yeah, it's such a, this stuff? Like he's so good. From a tool shed. He, he was wonderful. And, but like the idea that art is this yeah. way, you know, yeah, the art, yes. art can be the the shaft of light and the tool shed and it's good and it's beautiful and and it's so important though to beckon people like hey if you think that's something look at what it's pointing to Mm -hmm. you know look at the source of this art and that's the thing that we're always trying i'm always hoping to wake people up to is that like there's this this movie is great or this you know the song that you love or this artist that you love but like where did it come from and stand in the beam and look along it and and there's this entire canopy of trees in this world, beautiful world. I Andrew, love that idea. I've never even read that essay, but that's yeah. literally how I talk about why I include art in some of my books. Not all of my books have full color art, but this one, Pilgrim, which we're basing the season on, is full color art. And it's always because the art itself is not the end goal. It's not just meant to be like de- decor on the page. <laughs> it's meant to cause you to linger long and to be like, like, it, what you know, to kind of encounter something so beautiful that you might say, "Hey, I want to, I want to explore a little bit deeper." And that the art points to not Ruth's skill in painting, because there are many people painting so much better than I can. It's not that; it's that that the paintings would point to how beautiful mm. God's word is and how transcendent the, our hope is that it's mm. not even containable on these pages. And so I love mm. how you describe mm. that. Thank you for um, giving words very much. So to what my daily mission and my goal is even in my art and my work. So yeah. man, I, super, super I love, encouraged. Yeah. I love that. Like looking back along the beam I'm reading right now. It took me a long time, but I finally am reading heaven by Randy Alcorn right now. And just like that idea of like, yeah, the things mm-hmm. that we see and experience are really they're going to be so much better. And so it's just so, I love the idea of like looking back along that light beam. So what we see now, so helpful. Um, mm. Yeah. That's so it's funny beautiful. because the it's other good. day I mentioned, I, you know, I was, I've been talking about the book for a long time and somebody said, you know, what came to my mind when you told me your book's called Pilgrim is, is Thanksgiving. And <laughs> I, I got to just tell you, Andrew, I just stopped and I was like, <laughs> You thought really? about the Mayflower? Like I like my <laughs> brain wasn't even going there because for me, the reason why tears come to my eyes when I'm even reading that quote and even just seeing you on, on this call and knowing that life is full of so many hard things and there are stories going on behind the scenes in your life and Eve's life and my life and yeah. lots of things that we can and cannot talk about. And there's lots of parts of our journeys that are difficult, but what we're, what we aim to do day by day when we write, when we sing, when we create art and when we're creative is we're trying to reflect, um, bear it. We're being the image bearers to a creative God, a God who is worthy and holy and good and kind and all knowing and all powerful and all these things that if I were to look to him, 
would change my perspective on everything. And so, you know, when we're talking about looking up that light shaft into something beyond, um, what I think about is ultimately that this world is not our home. And so I, um, I love that anything we create has an opportunity, like you said, you know, to really mirror that, how C.S. Lewis so said it so well, that ultimately is like, pointing us to something so much further beyond what we see here now. We don't, it's not contained right now, right here. I am so happy to partner with Dwell Differently to bring you this season of the Grace Lace Podcast. We've talked about the power of hiding God's word in your heart in earlier seasons of the podcast, and we're thrilled to introduce you to a really practical tool for doing it. In case you haven't already heard, Dwell is a monthly membership featuring scripture designs to help you and your family easily memorize God's Word. Members receive a kit in their mailbox each month that includes temporary tattoos or stickers, a keychain, and a print all centered on that month's verse. It's a great way for your whole family to hide God's Word in your hearts together. Learn more and get started at dwelldifferently.com. Use the code GRACELACED to get your first month free. One one thing, I love that. One, one thing that is so important to remember is uh, that there is a sense in which this world is not our home. There's another sense in which it is absolutely our home. You know, <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, is right. yeah. good. It is yeah. good. It was made to be yeah. good. It is, it is brimming with God's glory. And so sometimes we can cast our vision so far that we stop really paying attention here. to where yes, we are yes. and caring about yes. what's under, you know, underfoot. Yes, um, good. And yeah. I think that, that subtle change in, for me, um, you know, when I read Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright, which everybody should read, I think that it, it, it reminded me that like, I think I had this really weak imagination about what heaven was going to be, that it was mm-hmm. a faraway place and it's not mm-hmm. a faraway place. Right. You know, it, it, God, loves this creation and is returning mm-hmm. to it. That's the story that, that revelation tells us God, God will dwell with us. He will walk with us again in this new creation. Right yeah. And so, and so, so it's like, you know, it's all the already not yet stuff. It's like, there's yes. this weird mystery about the fact that like, yes, we, there is going to be a new creation. Here's, here's how I think of it is when I received the Eucharist at church and we take communion, uh, receive communion. They, uh, you know, that is pointing to, it's reminding us of Jesus, his body and blood. Mm-hmm. It's pointing to the wedding supper of the lamb. It's mm-hmm. in the future, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a time for us to enjoy this feast with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, at yeah. the table. But also it's bread and yes. wine, both of which are miraculous things, right? <laughs> like yeah. actual, like the transformation of wheat and yeast <laughs> into bread yes. is this crazy thing the fermentation process that gives it turns grapes into wine is this amazing thing and there's so it's like it's so it too you know there's an yeah yeah that, so to have like the, the casting forward vision mm-hmm. like oh this points to the new creation mm-hmm. this reminds us who jesus is also it's delicious you know yeah. <laughs> it's like the, this world is amazing and so yeah. uh it's just the the fact that you get all of that thrown in once you once yes. your imagination kind of shifts a little bit and you're like yeah. oh my goodness it's a new creation. It's not a far away disembodied heaven. It's here and it's redeemed. 
And um, we're not that's just, amazing. We're not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs, waiting for heaven to come and be like, well, this isn't, this isn't my home. So I don't care anymore. No, we're right. told to walk in a manner worthy, right? We're walking every day. Yeah. We are given purpose, even in Ephesians two, you know, the, um, saved by grace through faith to what end that prepared we're, we're God's workmanship created for good, good work. Works. So like we are meant to thrive and enjoy what he's given us. I mean, I always think about, I love that you mentioned the deliciousness and how mm-hmm. creation is beautiful and a reflection of God. I mean, every single day, um, you know, if you're watching the video part of it, I'm, I'm sitting here at 8,000 foot elevation in my office. Every morning the sun comes up right behind where I'm sitting yeah. and Every morning I remember that he called this day into order and he didn't need my help to do so. And that the sunrise is glorious and beautiful and he didn't have to make it beautiful, but he did to put his glory on display. And so I can either walk through my day trudging along going, well, I just have a job to do. I just, I'm obligated to do these things and I got to just do it. Or I can say, God created this day with all these things to taste, see, smell, experience, because he wants me to know him and know how he lovingly created this world, lovingly created who I am, that I might walk in in it, yet walk in him. And so I love that you mentioned all those things. And I, I think partly, Andrew, I think what's maybe the burden on my heart when I, um, by the time this comes out, the book will have been released a few days, but on our recording here yesterday was the release day. And I think what my prayer has been, as I've thought about this devotional, this 25 um, entries going out into the world is that I want readers to not feel alone on their pilgrim journeys. I want them to recognize that every step, every part of their journey that twists and turns, it's purposeful, especially in, from, from my perspective as a recovering striver, achiever Mm -hmm. person who thinks that I'm just trying to get to a goal that God really wants me to slow down and recognize his attributes, his ways, his purposes and things. And I can't really know those things unless I know him. And so, um, yeah, I think just even studying creation helps us do that. Yeah. We, you held up God of the garden a minute ago and that's yes, kind of the, yes. the, the, Your the book, God, part of God the, of the theme of that book. Yep. Yeah. Um, the theme of that book is the way, Jesus is, it's not that he's more present with us when we're, you know, attuned to creation. It's, but, um, for me, at least I, he's not more present, but I can notice his presence a little better when I'm paying attention to the world that he made, you know, I'm more aware of it, um, in those cases. Can I tell a quick story about the pilgrimage thing, um, that I will probably tell this story, you know, 50 times in the next year, because it it (laughs) is gets at something so cool. Um, this summer I was, um, on a, on a long walk with a dear friend of mine named Mark, um, in the UK. So I love to walk footpaths in the UK mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, my, I would love it if retired Andrew just, you know, had those walking poles and was like an old man just tr- <laughs> chugging along. I, can picture I just love walking uh, more than hiking. I love walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, uh, we were on this long walk. It was a, um, kind of a pilgrimage walk called St. Cuthbert's Way in Northern England lo- along the border of Scotland. Started in Scotland, across mm. the border into England. You know, we're walking over the Cheviot Hills and wandering yeah. through farmland and past angry cows and the whole thing. And <laughs> it was a 
60, 63 mile, I think walk. And so the last day, the second to last day of the walk, we're walking. The destination is the Island of Lindisfarne, which is called the Holy Island. And and it's kind of where Christianity in some ways began in England Mm -hmm. um, in the 600s, if you can imagine. And, uh, and so we're walking toward this island for days and days and days, trudging uphill and downhill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and parts of it were hard. It was all beautiful, but parts of it were difficult. 17 miles one day, that kind of thing. Wow. And uh, we, um, the second to last day, I crested a hill and I got my first view of the sea. Mm-hmm. And I got my first glimpse of Lindisfarne, this little island floating off the coast of England. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it stopped me in my tracks. And I... Mm-hmm. I took a deep breath and I got tears in my eyes and I was like, it's still a day away. It's still a day's walk away, mm, but wow. I can see it. Right. Wow. And, uh, I can see where I'm going. And like, I stood there for like three or four minutes, just kind of like th- relishing the feeling of finally getting up my first glimpse of our destination. Mm. And, uh, you know, walked down the hill and wandered my way and was able to enjoy it in a different way because I knew that we were a day away. Yeah. And so that night, um, at the, at the end, I was reading the guidebook for the walk and it said, today is the day that you're going to, you're going to crest a hill and you're going to get your first, first glimpse of the island. Um, and the ancient pilgrims called this the Mons Gaudium, which is Latin for the hill of joy. <laughs> so there was a, a word they called it the, the hill wow. of joy. The moment when you first get a glimpse of where you're headed. Wow. Uh, isn't that so beautiful? Good. It felt yeah. so beautiful. potent to me. And so I just kept oh, thinking about good. how, mm-hmm. you know, as a believer who's on a, you know, trying to, the Lord leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And sometimes that leads us through the valley of the shadow. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if you're on this long journey as a believer, every now and then you get a glimpse of where you're going, you know what yeah, I mean? You yeah. get these like breathtaking yeah. moments where you go, Oh, that's that. That's there right. That's where we're going. And to me, communion on a Sunday mm-hmm. is a is a hill of joy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, there are songs that I listen to, and they take my breath away. And I think, ah, oh, mm-hmm. that that's where I'm going. You know what I mean? There's yes. these compass yes. compass resetting moments. Yes. The 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 most potent of which to me is is the Eucharist, and and so this weekly reminder. Uh, that Jesus was flesh and blood and that there is a feast waiting for us, you know? So when you talk about pilgrim, I can, I will never not be able to think of myself yeah. standing on that hill in Northern England, looking out at the Island that we were mm. walking to. That um, and incredible. so that has given, given me a new way to think about what, what we're doing here. Yeah. I love that so much. I, um, I called those things well, and, and I hadn't really thought about it in that way. You know, now I'm going to have to write a volume two, Andrew, now that you inspired <laughs> me that, you know, communion and, and these glimpses of, um, hope, those are very much guideposts along the way in Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. I call them guideposts of grace, but they're indicators that God is at work because of his nature and his character. And so, um, I'm rethinking my whole book. No, I'm not. But I just, I just mean that that is inspiring. It's true. Like we really do need to see those things. And so very much so, um, you know, one of, we go through 25, I I, I will write about, it's not comprehensive. It's not exhaustive, but I choose 25 starting with the love of God, but talk about um, his faithfulness, his goodness, his um, immutability that he never changes. And one thing I wanted to talk about with you today was, God's mercy, because I think it changes 
how we view the path we're on. And when we think Mm -hmm. about God's mercy and um, the hymn I have it paired with in the book is what wondrous love is this. And um, if you're not familiar with that hymn, I have some of the lyrics in the book, but also you can look it up as well. But um, talk to me a little bit about how, how you might encounter God's mercy and that changes the way you're, you know, like when you think about the mercy of God, how does that change your trajectory and your Mm -hmm. everyday Monday normal life, Andrew? Like how does that, because I think that's what I struggle with every day is I can think big theological thoughts about heaven and where I'm going, but how does that apply right now? Like today, like Mm -hmm. how does, how does knowing that God is merciful help me think about, how to approach lunch and then everything else I have to do the, <laughs> after that, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, where my mind goes when I think about that wonderful hymn, mm-hmm. uh, what wondrous love is this, um, is the kind the, you know, I grew up, like I said, I think in the church mm-hmm. and, um, just completely missed the point for most mm-hmm. of my childhood and young adulthood, you know, just didn't get it. And part of that, you know, you know, I, I know, <laughs> I know a lot of that was my own fault because my, I was stubborn and sinful, whatever. Um, but also culturally, I think in the South where I spent most of my youth, um, there was a kind of cultural Christianity. And in, in that, in the story, as I understood it was that God was, uh, either one of two things angry with me or disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, I just, why would I want to hang out with him? Mm. You know, I just felt bad all the time because right. I knew that I was a mess. Yeah, uh, and, and so I, the, the story I always tells of, um, when I was, I think 18, I had, you know, graduated high school, toured with the worst rock band in history, uh, <laughs> was, you know, grew my hair long, oh, I'd like to was see not a Christ one. follower yeah. at that point. Uh, you do not want to see a picture, and, and but but I was just uh, you know I thought I was doing everything I wanted to do, but my life was pretty empty, and mm-hmm. I was very selfish and just a kind of lost about as lost as I've ever been. And then this guy gave me a tape of Rich Mullins and said, "Hey, will mm. you will you learn this song so called good. If I Stand, so I can sing it in church Sunday?" So I I was like, "Who's Rich Mullins?" And he was like, "Oh, he's a singer songwriter." And I was like, "Blah," you know, I hated Christian <laughs> music, but. I was I was sad that he didn't ask me to play a journey song because I knew all those already. <laughs> right, obviously. And so so he uh he gave me the tape and I went to the church late at night and listened to that song and and you know it didn't you know probably it probably wasn't actually as dramatic as I think of it now, but I really feel like that moment was the me walking through a door straight into yeah. the wonder of the, wonder. the fact that Jesus actually loved me. Like, I just didn't know, like up to that point, I don't think I understood it mm. and I, and we'll never get our heads around it. But that was the moment where I, I was like, Oh, you know, Rich Mullins wrote about the, the reckless raging fury that they call the love of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was a student of Brennan Manning and they talk so much in the ragamuffin gospel about like, just peel away all of those layers of shame mm-hmm. and just let him love you. Like just stop fighting it, receive the fact that he loves you. And when, when you really know how broken you are, or or we'll never really know how broken we are, but when you get those glimpses of, Oh my goodness, I am helpless. God sets this table for us. I I still can't believe it. Like there's a great poem by John Donne. um, um, 
no, oh, it's not John Donne. It's George Herbert called called Love. Everybody should look up George Herbert's poem called Love, and it's a sonnet that talks about that describes um, you know Jesus welcoming you into the feast, and you're like, oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't. And in the end, he says, you have to sit down and eat. Like mm. you have to let me serve you. Yeah. And uh, and that is an astonishing proposition. So that to me is. Uh, you know, I was so, so blown away by the idea that God actually loved me that when I was 18, I said, can I please sing about you mm. for the rest of my life? And, um, and so he said, yes, <laughs> and I still are. love to do it. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Well, as we kind of wrap up our conversation today, again, we're just so grateful that you had the time to sit down and chat with us and tell us all these stories that will make us think and keep thinking and um, some good resources that we'll make sure we link to. But what kind of projects are you working on right now that we can look forward to? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, let me think about that. So we're about to do the 20th no, the 24th annual Behold the Lamb of God tour, mm. uh, the Christmas tour that I do every year. And uh, it's, it's our 20th year at the Ryman here in Nashville. So we're going to do oh, a couple so shows fun. there to celebrate that. Um, and then right after that, uh, in the spring, we'll kick off our, I think, our seventh or eighth annual Resurrection Letters tour, which is about the resurrection of Jesus. So I get to do these really fun uh, seasonal tours. Uh, and in between, I just, I, I do, you know, smaller, um, one-offs. So that's happening. Music is still happening, but then, um, we're deep in season two of the wing feather saga animated series and, and beginning work on season three. So it is just a crazy, wonderful adventure to get to, to make this, uh, make, turn the books into this thing and to be in the room for it, you know? Yeah. Right. To not just give the keys to some random director, but to actually be invited in and Say, yeah. And they send me every script. I get to like help with every line wow. of dialogue, and it is it, it's a lot. It's a lot more work than <laughs> I thought it would be, but it's also super fun. I bet, but so fun that you get to kind of steward it into the next phase, like just the same yeah. way that you told the story to begin with. Okay, and then last but not least, where can our listeners find you or find more about Rabbit Room, that sort of stuff? What's the best way? Yeah. Um, if they just go to andrew-peterson.com, all the links are there. So okay. you can go to rabbitroom.com or wingfeathersaga.com, but Andrew Peterson, andrew-peterson is kind of the hub for all of that. Yeah, I, it would be Andrew Peterson without the dash, but there's this guy that writes these like <laughs> thriller, like spy books called oh, Andrew Peterson. Interesting. And so he beat me to the website. <laughs> Hilarious. Stole it the, we, we've emailed back and forth. It's kind of funny, but uh, like people have emailed me and said, man, I read your latest book, Time to Kill or whatever, and not like, Time to uh, Kill, First to Kill. And uh, I was surprised at the language in it. And it's like, oh no, that's not me. That's like, not me. Dash, get the dash. It's really important. <laughs> make sure there's a dash. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Andrew. We've really appreciated talking with you today and can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope it's been an encouragement to your soul, regardless of where your pilgrim journey finds you today. If you find this podcast enjoyable, we would be so honored if you would take a minute to rate the show and leave a review on whatever platform you use to listen. 
And if you haven't already, grab a copy of Pilgrim, now available wherever books are sold. Learn more at pilgrimbook.com.